Hello, hello, and welcome to the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. My name is Michelle Brown, and I'm an enrolled agent and church finance consultant, and I love all things Jesus, church finances, business, and books. In this podcast, we're going to discuss the ins and outs of church finances and minister taxes, along with how to serve the local church as either a staff member, volunteer, or through your own bookkeeping business, all while keeping Jesus at the center of everything you do. So grab your notebook and pen to take some notes because we're going to learn all kinds of stuff about church bookkeeping, payroll, compensation laws, tax compliance, and I'll probably throw in an occasional episode on faith and mindset work too. So if this sounds like fun to you, then come on, let's get ready to learn. Thank you for sharing your valuable time with me again today. We are going to jump right into today's episode and discuss payroll tax reporting. I know that you think I'm a nerd and that is A-OK with me, but I love payroll taxes. Now, yes, granted, when quarterly time rolls around because I have so many clients, I get a little stressed out because I honestly don't like deadlines, which is really funny that I like payroll, but I don't like deadlines. But this is some fun stuff, but it's important stuff. So I want to make sure that you're that you get this down, whether you are the church bookkeeper, the church treasurer, a volunteer that's just helping with church finances, or if most definitely if you have a bookkeeping business and you want to serve churches, I want to make sure that you've got this down pat. Because as an enrolled agent, the number one reason that I have had to represent business clients before the IRS and the state taxing authorities is because they get in trouble with payroll taxes. And we don't want that to happen with you and our churches. So we're going to start with, I I have two main goals I want to go over today. I want to go over employee forms that you need to make sure you have filled out and then the employer reporting that you need to do. Okay. All right. So let's jump right in. So there are two main federal forms that you need to make sure that you have filled out. The first one is the updated form W-4, which has seriously people, it has confused so many, so many um, employees. They changed this in 2019. So if you go into like QuickBooks and you put in W-4 info, you're going to see a box that either says 2019 and prior or 2019 and newer. The 2019, there wasn't a daggone thing wrong with it. The government just didn't, doesn't like to give refunds, to be honest. So they refinagled the W-4 to try to get it to where at the end of the year, people aren't getting as many refunds. But it's really confusing. So if you can study these and learn, basically the biggest thing is put their information in, their personal information, uh, choose whether they're singled, married, filing jointly, and then sign it. There are other things that you can do. If you claim dependents, you multiply by this. You, if you have multiple jobs, that's the part that gets people into a lot of trouble. So basically, I just tell people, unless you want extra withholding, get your filing status in there correctly, whether single, married filing separately, married filing jointly, or head of household, and then sign it and date it. And yes, there are instructions that come with the form. There's a whole big old calculation if you have multiple jobs. But the main thing is, is make sure if they are, um, after 2020, you've got this new W-4, okay? In addition to that, I have, I was surprised to find out a lot of people are not aware that they need to have employees file and fill out form I-9. 
nine. Oh, one more thing that I need to say about the W-4 is ministers only fill out the W-4 if they're going to do voluntary federal withholding. Why would ministers do voluntary federal withholding? To help pay with their self-employment taxes. You do your W-4, then your I-9. The purpose of this form is to prevent unlawful hiring of aliens who are not authorized to work in the U.S. Every, every United States employer is required to have this form completed by every employee hired in the U.S., both citizens and non-citizens. And it actually says in the instructions, you have three business days to have this form filled out and to get the documents you need. And what this form is, is that the employee, there's a part for the employee to fill out and for the employer, but the employee attests to the fact that they are authorized to work in the United States. They have to provide documents, um, approved documents from a list that's given and the employer is supposed to look at them and record the info on the document onto the form I-9. And then the I-9 must be kept on file and made available for inspection. <laughs> because if they are uh, visited by the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Labor, the Department of Justice, the Civil Rights Division, or Immigration and Employee Rights Sections, they're going to request to see a copy of the I-9 for your employees. So make sure that you have that on file, okay? So in addition to, and both these, you can Google Form W-4 to get the updated version, and you can type in also Google Form I-9, and you can get these off of irs.gov and print them out. In addition to the federal forms, you may have state withholding forms. Okay, so for your states, if your state does uh, voluntary withholding, you want to do that, get that filled out. And then most states do not do an employment for churches, but check with each state, your prospective state, respective state, sorry, because they may do that. So after last week's episode on worker classification, we want to make sure that we get these reporting requirements for the employees. And again, just to do a short synopsis of who is an employee, according to Church Reporting Made Easy, if they have to follow instructions given, if there's a continuous ongoing work relationship, if they personally perform the work, like me, I am not a church employee. I am an independent contractor because I have employees who work for me who do the work. If they work full-time or part-time, if they can be fired, if they can quit at any time and not have repercussions like as a an outsourced bookkeeper and payroll processor, I can't just decide on a Friday night that I don't want to work with the church on come Monday morning and I just quit. I can't do that. There's a signed contract. I have to give so much notice, blah, 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 blah. Okay. We want to make sure that we've got the employees down. So now for the employer reporting part. And first of all, I want to talk to business owners real quick. If you're a business owner and you're going to process payroll for your clients, please make sure that you get form 8655, which is a reporting agent form filled out and signed. And what this does is this gives you permission to file quarterly payroll tax forms on behalf of your client, as well as to speak with the IRS on behalf of your client in regards to payroll tax issues. That is one of the onboarding documents 
that my clients have to sign is this. And then again, you just keep it on file. Okay, form 941. If you have an employer identification number with the IRS, you are going to be required to file this return. The 941, if the total, there's two different ways you gotta file. So if the total income tax withheld, plus Social Security and Medicare withheld, plus the company match is less than $2,500 a quarter, the church technically can pay that amount due when they file the quarterly 941 report. If the payroll taxes that I just mentioned are over $2,500, then the church is required to make monthly 941 deposits on or before the 15th of each month for the payroll that was processed during the preceding month. My clients are not given that option. Like I said, all of my business representation has been over payroll tax issues. If a client comes to me and I process their payroll, the 941 deposits are made with each and every payroll run. It is not an option. If they don't want that, if they don't want to agree to that, they do not become my payroll client. It's as simple as that. Every payroll run, we make these payments on the EFTPS website, which is the Electronic Federal Tax Payment System. I go in, I make the payment, I get immediate confirmation that the payment has been received, and we never, ever, ever have to worry about payroll tax issues for our clients. A couple of things that you need to know is that you only file one Form 941 per EIN. So even if you have satellite churches or you have multiple locations for your churches or other clients, you only use and file one quarterly Form 941. And you need to make sure that you use the most recent form, which by the way, there was another, a new revised version in March of 2023. If you're using payroll software, obviously it should be updated to the newest version of Form 941. But if it's not, again, you can go to irs.gov and download this. Minister specific things, I would just want to kind of walk you through briefly and uh, audioly, <laughs> if that's even a word, how to fill out a 941 for a church. So some things that you need to make sure is that do not include housing allowance on line two of your W4, of your, sorry, your 941. Uh, line two is wages, tips, and other compensation. Do not include the housing allowance on that line. Um, all of your federal income tax withheld, including any voluntary withholding that your ministers have, you, that goes on line three. Line four, if no wages, tips, and other compensation are subject to Social Security or Medicare tax, check this box and go to line six. I do this for one of my clients. One of my clients, church clients, the senior pastor is the only individual on payroll. And as a qualified minister, he is not subject to Social Security or Medicare tax withholding. So on his 941, I check that box and there is nothing goes in. We skip over all of the five A, B, C, and D, E, and F, and go right down to line six. So there should not be any minister totals included on those fives, on those multiples, which are taxable Social Security wages, uh, Social Security tips, Medicare wages and tips, things like that, okay? Because again, qualified ministers do not have Social Security and Medicare wages withheld they have to pay through self-employment taxes. 
and then as you go down the rest of it you're just going to put the amounts in there something you may or may not know is sometimes just because it's just the way numbers work out you may have total taxes before adjustments are $123.64 but your deposits add up to $123.60 so there's four cents difference there that goes on to line seven which says current quarters adjustment for fraction of cents so on that box that line item you would put minus and then 0.4 if it's four cents difference and that way because you always want line six and line 10 to be the same and then when you go down to line 13g that says total deposits and refundable credits that line should match the totals on line 10 so that you don't have a balance due and you don't have an overpayment and then you, you want to make sure that believe it or not people sometimes send these in and they forget to sign them make sure you sign and date it under part five if you have a third party designee you can fill that information out on line four or part four and then of course if you have a paid preparer then they would fill out the paid preparer but make sure you sign date it uh, put your name and title i personally never ever give the irs my clients phone numbers my phone number as the business owner and the outsourced bookkeeping firm that's the that's the phone number that i give them i know this was a lot of information and i probably talked faster than i should i'm trying to learn to talk slower but i'm just not a slow talker especially over stuff that is fun for me <laughs> okay and we can also let's not forget this quarterly reporting not only do you do the 941 deposits okay you're going to mail in a 941 report don't forget that even if you're making your 941 deposit through EFTPS online either every month by the 15th or every payroll run like I do you still have to print out and mail in a quarterly 941 report or if you want to submit it electronically you can do that as well I'll be honest I still have control issues as much as technology is a part of my business I do not rely on it because again I've had to pick fix so many payroll issues where the client thought well the software said it filed it well I don't trust the software I still and I know it takes more time than it does others I still print out 941s sign them and mail them in just to make sure that it gets done now once it gets into the hands of the United States Post Office it's out of my control but I have a copy of it I've printed it out I've signed it and dated it and I've done my due diligence to mail it in so in addition to that you're probably mostly if again if you have state withholding you're going to have quarterly reporting that you're going to do for your state and then in some instances like in our county we have three incorporated cities within our county so if I have churches in any of these three incorporated cities then I have local taxing authority tax returns that I have to fill out as well if you're going to do payroll it's very detailed there's a lot to it and you can get into a lot of trouble and we don't want you to do that because we don't want you to have to pay late filing fees we don't want you to have to pay interest 
um, because not only does the federal government charge late filing fees and interest on late payments, but so does the state and sometimes so do your local taxing authorities. So never ever, regardless of who the government is, never give them more than they're legitimately owed. That does not include late payments, penalties, and interest. I hope you found that as fun as I did. Believe it or not, I sat on my back porch and wrote all this out while I was listening to some Floyd Kramer and Billy Vaughn, if anybody knows who that is. Them gentlemen are, um, and just had a ball. And that's gonna be a wrap for today's episode. I pray that it has been helpful to you and that you can apply something you've learned today to make your job more enjoyable for you and those you serve. Let's all strive to make an impact and not just an income. And remember to look your best, do your best, and be your best. Until next time, my sweet friend, same time, same place. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you learned something new or inspired in any way, please do me a huge Omongo favor and leave me a fantastic five-star review on Apple Podcast. It really does help more people to find the show and it just blesses me more than you know. And then if you could share this episode with someone who you think it would help, that would be awesome as well. So until next time, be blessed, my friend.